I got that on the first read, but yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Geek True, a podcast where we chew over the geeky things that we love. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And our intro music is by my brother Ryan. And this is our book club episode. Yay! Another book club episode. I wonder how many we've done. Uh, Seems four. like a lot, but we've probably done four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this four or is this five? This would it's be. It's got to be five. I think this is four. I don't know if that's right. Okay. Either way. Yeah, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Will you though? No. <laughs> Uh, so we did read, this is how you lose the time war. You read it twice. I did this read it This is how twice. much you liked it. Yeah. Well, also it's a short, quick read. Like it's a novella basically, right? Sci-fi I novella. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say it's a little bigger than a novella, but maybe yeah. not. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, written by Amal L. Motor and Max Gladstone, both of whom are fiction writers that I've never read before. And I don't really know how, um. I mean, I can imagine, I guess, but I wouldn't really know how a collaboration like this right. would work. Like, like is, I assume one of them wrote from one perspective, the other from another oh, perspective. And that probably would have been some good research to do before. Well, we no, because that's something I wanted to talk to you about. And we can probably, you know, when we get into the meat of it, discuss. Because it, it was interesting to me on how a collaboration would work in a novel because of... Like writing only, style or pro, right. you know, style of prose and, you know, all that jazz. Yeah. I, I mean, I know that there are other collaboration teams for fiction writing, especially for, uh, who is it? James Patterson. Yeah. He, I think Clive Cussler too. Yeah. Cause but like the dead, big, like, so, yeah. um, you say, cause he's dead. Isn't Clive Cussler dead? Didn't well, he die? First of all, I have no idea. I've never read one of his books. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, that would be a strange collaboration right? for, um, well, doesn't anybody, James really? Patterson not really like collaborate so much as like approve ideas and be like, all right, have fun. Well, uh, I think that's, uh, some of the criticism, but you know, I watched his masterclass and he certainly does not portray that as the process. And they had one of his, uh, co-writers mm -hmm. also in the masterclass and they talked about how they work together. So oh, I guess okay. I would say no, Okay, <laughs> but I would be interested to know more about, uh, how these how these two work together for this book, which I thought was awesome. So I really wish I had, uh, you know, looked that stuff up. Yeah, so, it's too late now. <laughs> it's too late. I could <laughs> pause the recording if you want. Yeah. Uh, what else happened this week? We watched the Hawkeye trailer. Yes, which was awesome. It I was thought. awesome. I mean, my big takeaway was that Kate Bishop looks like an awesome replacement for Hawkeye for right. the, uh, for the MCU. You know, whether that happens or not, I. I don't know. Haley Steinfeld is always pretty fun, entertaining in anything she's in. And the, the costume I thought they got just right off of um, the Matt Fraction, Davida Aja run. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I've heard it so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I was listening to the uh, X-Ray Vision podcast that Jason Concepcion does. And he said, David Aya. I, I, but I googled if, like how to pronounce it and I saw Aja and I figured I would just go with that. But it's 
I mean, if you... I no, I know. It's it, all right. It's ha. Aha. <laughs> it's aha. We'll go with that. Yeah. Either way, fantastic comic book run that we obviously enjoyed the first time around. I think we've brought it up a few times. I, I want to read it again. And I think the easiest way to do that is to just order the collected edition like we did for the Jack Kirby Eternals book because like we like individual issues, right? Mm-hmm. But we didn't start that at number one. We got um, on board maybe around issue seven or eight. So we have like a trade paperback of the first six issues. I don't even know if it's digital or like a hard copy. And then we have a bunch of individual issues and one of them's hanging on our wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm just going to probably buy the book that is consolidated and read it that way. Right. I mean, obviously I've heard a lot of people talking about the trailer and the comic book run that, I mean, it's not solely based on the comic book run, obviously. I mean, in the trailer, you can definitely see some things that they're pulling from that run and fitting it into the continuity of Hawkeye in MCU. Yeah. Made me think about how much we did enjoy it the first time we read it. Yeah. And I really haven't gone back to to reread any of it. No, me either. Um, I think I've, at the time, went back and like read a couple issues, like when it was still fresh and just like reread some of the favorites that right. were really awesome. Um, but for the most part, no, I, I haven't revisited it, but it's still like one of my favorite things. You yeah. know, if, if, if so somebody good. was like, oh, what should I read? I'd be like, this is what you should read. Yeah. Other than that, before we get into the book, we had another movie jar movie, which was on the waterfront, which I'm not even sure why exactly I put it on the list of movies we were to watch. Yeah, there must it have was, been some reason, but it was in there and we pulled it. So this was our second well, one, we actually, right? We had Tegan pull the movie. That's right. I, I did blame her. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it came out of the jar, so we had to watch it, even though we, um, I, don't I don't think either one of us was in the mood, right? Right. But that's kind of the point. I think it was. Yeah, exactly. So that's the point. Like they're movies that we're not really ever going to be like in the mood to put on because it's always like, yeah, maybe we'll watch it next time. Let's watch this instead. But I don't like think it was like wasted time. No, I Watching actually it, enjoyed yeah. it quite a bit. Me too. I mean, it was made in 1954. So it's definitely different than what we usually watch. Right. I mean, movies were just different, different world, different society. Marlon Brando, young Marlon Brando was fun to watch. I don't think I've ever watched. uh, I don't think I have. Well, I have seen at least bits and pieces of Streetcar Named Desire, but I don't think I've ever watched it front to back. I may have, though. I think the only part of that that I've seen was in Hollywood Homicide. Josh Hartnett (laughs) was watching it for his monologue, was it? It's been a while since we saw that, too. But the most Marlon Brando I've ever seen was the 10 minutes he's in. Superman, right? <laughs> and I saw that probably 200 times. So uh, so that's lots of Marlon Brando when you add it up, right? right. But not, he wasn't even that young then, right? 78, that's what, 24 years after the movie we just watched. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those movies that's, that's so historically important to Right, it's, cinema, it's highly right? referenced, yeah, quoted uh, frequently. Could have been a contender, that kind of stuff. Could have been somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so... Well, I find it weird because is that how people like talked to each other and acted towards no way, each other? Right? But there's no way. That just seems, it's so weird. But I don't know, maybe. Um, you got to think that there's some kind of formalism to movies that, I don't know, you know, I don't know when mm-hmm. 
the talkies became a thing, but like it wasn't <laughs> that much before 1954, 20, 30 years, right? Yeah. So that might be wrong. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> but even then, it's not like that much uh, of a difference in the grand scheme of things. So like I would think that that's just kind of a reflection on how people thought that people should talk in the movies to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I do think it's funny some things that, you know, like the censoring of when Charlie says the word hell and, you know, it's like the horn to like bleep out, <laughs> like, but they make it like integrated into the movie. That was pretty great because everybody knows what he's saying, but you're not actually saying it. I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, you know, there are some problematic things that socially don't translate that well into today's world, but I, I definitely made a face at you a couple times. Like when something happened, I was like, Whoa, that's, uh, that's different than, than the world we live in. But overall, I think it could have been a lot worse when it comes to that stuff. Right. Oh yeah. Um, although I, you know, I think classic movies probably are less problematic like that too, even. Um, um I mean, maybe, I don't know. I guess we don't watch enough of them. I'm right. just thinking of like the few that we've watched recently, like where things like that really haven't stood out. So I, I guess it's less of a, a problem. We put breakfast at Tiffany's into the jar. Yeah. I think that one's going to have uh I don't. So isn't that the one where Mickey Rooney dresses up like, um, like an Asian person plays an uh, Asian person. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, but maybe it's just, I'm that. thinking all of like women's issues and stuff. Oh yeah. Which is, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, do you, do you have anything else on, on the waterfront? No, but I'm wanna... glad that we watched it though. Yeah. It was fun. I, I'm glad we have the, the movie jar to pull You're out welcome. of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Did I say thank you? <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, so the book. Yes. I heard about the book on the Ringerverse podcast, right? I think Zach Cram was on with Mallory Rubin and they were, I think it was a Loki episode because they were talking about time travel and multiverse stories mm -hmm. in fiction books that he had five recommendations. I wrote down some of them. This was the one that really caught my attention when they were talking about it. But I guess I'll read the short description of the book and then we can kind of get into how we felt about it. Or There were book club questions provided actually in the back of the book. I don't love book club question, questions, which, I know, I, which is weird because I love book discussion. Yeah, I, I thought uh, that the ones in the book might be something that we could use a little bit more um, easily, I guess, or I might know. more fit our discussion. But I, I, I read them and I, I don't know. I, I don't, neither one of us thought yeah, that I just, that was how we wanted to talk about the book. Um, I don't like questions that are like, which character do you relate to most? You know, like that kind of stuff is kind of just like, eh. yeah, you know, I don't necessarily read a book so I can find a character relatable to me, I'm reading to learn more about just the human condition and in general, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. To experience something other than what you feel, see, right. hear. Whatever, so just you know? Sometimes questions like that, I'm like, eh, yeah. none, nobody, nothing, none of them. <laughs> you know? uh, all that said, they do also provide this little introduction to the book club questions, which is a, a short summary of the book. And that's what I'm going to read right now. Okay. I did not read that. So. I think it's the same as what it says on the back of the book, but it says in the ashes of a dying world, 
Red finds a letter marked Burn Before Reading, signed by Blue. So begins an unlikely correspondence between two rival agents in a war that stretches through the vast reaches of time and space. Red belongs to the agency, a post-singularity technotopia. Blue belongs to Garden, a single vast consciousness embedded in all organic matter. Their pasts are bloody and their futures mutually exclusive. They have nothing in common, save that they're the best, and they're alone. Now what began as a battlefield boast grows into a dangerous game, one both red and blue are determined to win, because winning's what you do in war. Isn't it? Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. What did you think about the book? I mean, I really, really loved it. That's good, because just to interrupt you real quick, whenever we talked about the book, you were very cagey about whether you were enjoying it at all. (laughs) You didn't specifically ask me if I was liking it. You just asked me how how far I had read. Yeah, yeah. It was just the the vibe, the tone of like. Well, it's hard. It's not often that you read a book first and then recommend it to me, and I need to take it all in. I think before you know, I it's yeah. just it's like a, just a different kind of like power pressure dynamic where, um. I don't know. It's all internal. It's nothing that you do. It's just me being a weirdo. So <laughs> that's what you think. I'm secretly putting all kinds of pressure on you to like the things that I like. <laughs> no, but also, um, I th- while I do really enjoy certain sci-fi things, um, I think you're definitely more into the sci-fi genre as a whole than I am. So it was, you know, but I, I don't feel like I was being cagey. So much no. as just tight-lipped <laughs> on, you know, um, I read it in kind of like a few large chunks but and kind of spaced out. But Yeah, so I don't know how you want to talk about it. The book is very, um, like we said, it's pretty short. It's a very quick mm-hmm. read. There were certain things that, okay, I just have to read things twice at least <laughs> to retain any kind of knowledge of what happened in these pages. And then especially, even if it's not a question book club question about like which character did you relate to i was reading those questions in the back of this book and i'm like i i have no idea how i would answer like when did you think that this part of their relationship changed in the book and i'm like no idea yeah (laughs) i did catch like certain things when i when i reread it on the on the second read just like uh little wordplay things like you know they talk about miss levitt's guide for writing letters or Mm -hmm. whatever and I forget who said it to the other, but no, okay. Blue said to Red, you know, I should tell you, as Miss Levitt would, it's customary to send letters that can be opened without ruining the seal. And that was after she had put the letter inside the actual animal seal that she had to club and cut open and the message was hidden in the in the cot. But Yeah. I know. Um I I got that on the first read, but Yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah. And I thought that kind of stuff was so intelligent and beautifully added and those kinds. So I think part of this is a tough one to talk about because you could spend like a lot of discussion hours on it, right? Essentially, it's an epistolary novel, which means it's letters. And the thing is about that kind of book is it's a way to learn who the characters are without being explicitly told, right? Because it's how they express themselves to whoever 
they're expressing themselves to. And um, I thought it was so clever and beautiful um, the way that was done. Then on top of that, the letter writing being not traditional, you know, pen and paper was just like a, just another really cool science fiction-y Yeah, that, that part thing. was pretty... Well, I was going to say that's the most science fiction part of the story, which it's not. It's not. There's time travel. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I did enjoy the structure of the book, the the setup of, you know, just kind of bounces between red and blue for most of the mm-hmm. book or all of the book and sets up where that person is in which timeline and which universe sort of, you know, I really enjoyed how creatively, you know, they hid those messages, just like you said, mm-hmm. and then how they built their relationship through these letters from kind of playful taunting to falling in love. Right. I know. And you know, there's definitely, you start out thinking that it's not going to be like a time travel twist of time travel story. And you do still get some of that and you get, I mean, you get just get all the stuff. I, I don't know. It's, I don't want to give away too much because I'm really hoping that anyone who would listen to this well, would read it right yeah, without but I think spoilery it's okay to, but most of our book club discussions are kind of based on you've read this book with us okay one person out there right yeah. <laughs> sure that's the way i think of it anyway yeah i feel like that's the way we've talked about other books in the past yeah you're but. probably right i just um i mean this could have ended in so many different ways right did you expect the ending were you how were you i was well because that's what I was kind of hoping for, I guess, yes. Not how they got there, right? Yes, I, I too was glad that this didn't end, sadly. Okay. Yeah, because there's so much in the book that, for me, just made me feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the pleasure that each one of them feels when they discover a new letter, how they close the letter, kind of... With all the postscripts? ...evolves over, over time. Well, postscripts or just their, from, you know best to yours to love you know mm-hmm. it's just like a dopamine hit every time you see something new in in those letters you know i after reading that book club book question i did flip back through the pages and just kind of like quickly look at those at least at the closings you know red signed her letters yours read a couple mm-hmm. times before blue did hers and then there was the the actual physical letter was also i thought a turning point where it was kind of this is actual evidence now right this is point of no return i've given you a, mm-hmm. a physical letter that uh, can't can't be denied or, or yeah you could use against yeah me. right and you know going all the way to the end where the last letter she she breaks open and reads i think it says before she got to the second line i forget something about the fiercest smile spreads across her lips right. or something <laughs> so it was their relationship just is filled with all these I don't know what the right word, way to describe it would be, but these crescendos, uh, you know, some of it is not great, but let, mm-hmm. it's just each time they feel good, I felt good, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While reading the book. So it's really cute. Yeah. I think this is one I would read again and definitely recommend to people. Um, there were some things where I, I don't want to say predicted, but definitely like when I'm doing the, oh, I wonder if this or I wonder if this. And some of those, even though I was never like, oh, this is definitely some of those I was like, oh, and then really happy and excited when with those those things, um, like the timeline loop stuff with. Uh, yeah. So 
Well, because, and I don't remember who's who. Well, That's like the hard thing for me, right? Which one's the vegetable? <laughs> blue. <laughs> blue. So, you know, blue is who she is because of red. But blue wouldn't be who she was if, that you know, like there's some yeah, the, of that. The like, Mobius strip of, of their lives, right? Correct. Yeah. And as far as like your predictions of of how that would play out, did you have any idea what the seeker was? In the first, yeah, I, I like right away or not right away, but I think it was after Red that set the trap to try to to catch her shadow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. That's when I was like, okay. I think that's about where I kind mm-hmm. of thought that that's what was happening. But the first few times it came, well, because it comes up every chapter, right? And I was like, because it she she they really write the book like. Oh, and then this, the seeker came and did this. And then they, it's like two lines for every, every mm-hmm. chapter. And then they're done. I'm like, okay. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I really did wonder like, is this nefarious or is this a helper? But then after the, you know, the part I mentioned before yeah. with the setting of the trap, I, I, that is w- when I was like, okay, this is what I believe the seeker to be. And I, you know, ultimately was right. But, do you think that the the painting that Red saw was actually a message from Blue? Like the painting that kind of triggered her to uh, consider her plan? Because it my, seems my feeling so is no, random. Right? <laughs> I mean, it really leaves it vague. It actually says, you know, the links are small, deniable. She says, "Am I just manufacturing this out of my despair?" Kind of. She knows what she's seeing is probably not what she wants it to be. Right. But she doesn't care, right? She's going to pursue that because this is now what right. she feels has to be done. Um, I like that this is a debatable point. Like yeah. I think either could be true, which is I, I never come down on one side of the line or the other on these kinds of things. And I love that it's open-ended. There's no real definitive answer there or we're not given one. You know, we talked a little bit about, right. I talked a little bit about how the details of like, what these people, if you want to call them that, look like or how they operate, how they, I mean, it seems like they're able to shift shapes pretty easily. From, yeah, or like enter consciousness, says, or something. And then, you know, their descriptions of moving through the time braids and what each world not necessarily maybe looks like, but is comprised of. Did that, that didn't bother you at all, the kind of vagaries of... The no. greater world. I think probably at one time in my consumption of, of it reading, might it might have. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's not what's important. I think. To, no. Yeah. I. I think I can just accept that I don't need to know what they look like. I just, you know, picture as human because yeah. they're living in a, or like they're traveling through human time streams. Yeah. Right. But then they're talking about like three rows of teeth and right <laughs> odds and. Um, I mean, because they're talking about thousands and tens of thousands of years of of time traveling, right? Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, I don't know, they definitely, I know that they're moving through time, but it seems like they are also timeless themselves. Right. Like, they they just go on and on. They, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because they live maybe in a world where things can die but they don't have to yeah you know (laughs) um it's interesting and 
what's really interesting when you think about it is they can't really both exist at the same time because they're both from two different futures and they're both trying to achieve their future. Is that what's happening? Yeah. I mean, even on the back of the book, it says they're mutually exclusive. So winning the time war is securing their own future. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So one future is garden and one future is agency. Yeah. And it's they're not existing together. Do you think that this would make a good movie, the book? No. No. Me no. <laughs> I hope they never try. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it was written 2018, I think. I said that like they would never take a book from 2018 to make a movie out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they don't because I think it is There's really There's so many good ways to get it wrong. And no, I don't think there are. It's, it's like Doctor Strange and the Infinity War. There's one good outcome out of 14 out million, of 14 and they million. Got it right here in these 200 pages <laughs> and there's you know so what are the chances that if they got the one good outcome in the movie you know oh i see yeah, yeah. <laughs> not good it's yeah it's not gonna happen did you have anything else for the book no but i'm i'm glad that you wanted me to read it it was uh, just so beautiful it really was it was amazingly beautiful i like reading but rarely does a book kind of capture me in yeah, a you, way that you I'm ignored just like, me a lot while wanna, you were reading this book all right let's calm down <laughs> <laughs> it's a very short book it didn't take me that long but i guess that'll wrap it up for us then and we'll be back next week mm -hmm. so this was good it was fun it was smart we liked it